What's happening, everybody? Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, and also a day late. And welcome to Lucky Lucky Week 13 of my weekly NFL football pick show for the 2018-2019 NFL regular season and postseason. And just a quick note before we get started on things, all of the bye weeks in the NFL are now come and gone. No bye weeks from here on out. So basically what that means is every episode now, we are officially down the stretch, every episode is going to be a 16-game week. So what I'm endeavoring here is that these episodes stay under one hour. I cannot promise that that will always happen. But this week, we're going to be quick about things. I'm trying to get a feel for how quick I need to be to get up to an hour, but not go over an hour. So we're just kind of feeling things out with this week's episode in terms of the speed of the picks. Uh, week 12 was a mixed bag. It was good straight up, went 9-6 and six straight up. That has us 109-65 and 65 with the two ties so far this season straight up. Against the spread and over-under, only a mixed bag as it has been much of the season. Against the spread, I was only 7-8. and eight. Uh, Really good with the platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks, but outside of that, did kind of poorly. That has me 82 up, 90 down with four pushes against the spread this season. Over under, pretty well par for the course this season. Five and ten, if you'd have gone opposite, you'd have had a great week. 73 up, 101 down on the over under with the two pushes. But like I said, platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks did incredibly well last week. Actually swept the picks straight up and swept the picks against the spread. Bronze pick, I told you to take Baltimore over Oakland and Baltimore covering minus 10.5. Both of those things worked out. The silver pick, I told you to take Chicago to beat Detroit and Chicago to cover minus 4. Both of those things worked out. I told you to take New Orleans to beat Atlanta in the gold pick and for New Orleans to cover a huge line of minus 13, and they did that. And I told you to take the Chargers to beat the Cardinals and for the Chargers to cover minus 12. All of those things worked out. Baltimore won the game 34-17, Chicago won 23-16, the Saints won 31-17, and the Chargers dominated the Cardinals 45-10. At what cost? But we'll talk about that when we talk about their game this week. Unfortunately, my totals picks were garbage. Told you to stay under 42.5 in Baltimore, Oakland. They get to 51. Told you to go over 45 in Chicago, Detroit. They only get to 39. Told you to go over 59.5 in New Orleans, Atlanta. They only get to 48. And told you to stay under 44.5 in the Chargers and Cardinals. And the Chargers clear that on their own with 55 in total in that game. Chargers with 45 of them. Taking a look at both the Bridgewater's Finest and official NFL YouTube prognosticators pick'em pools. In the Bridgewater's Finest pool, I've moved up now into the top 10. 10th place out of 42, looks like someone deleted their account. 941 out of 1,385 possible confidence points. That's a clip of 68%, and for the top 10 to all be 68% or higher is fantastic. We got some killers in this pool this year. In week 12, brought in 91 of 120 possible confidence points. That was real good. My average victory was 10 points, a little over 10 points. 
That is a clip of 76% on the week. It was a good week. It was not good enough to win the week. Shout out to our week 12 winner, Jason Kelsey's speechwriter. And I feel like that's either the second, maybe even the third time I've called your name this season. 12 and three straight up in week 12, 109 out of 120 possible confidence points. That is a clip of 91%. That is pretty darn great. And it was good enough to win week 12. Teddy Ted remains our overall leader in the pool. 115 up, 59 down with the two pushes, with 985 out of 1,385 possible confidence points. That is a championship clip of 71%. In the official NFL YouTube prognosticators pick'em pool, which again isn't against the spread pool based on Yahoo's lines, which close on Wednesdays, I am tied now for 7th place out of 49. I did move down one spot. We also lost someone, clearly the same person that deleted their account. I have 84 correct against the spread picks based on Yahoo's lines. Out of the 176 games that have been played so far this season, that's only a clip of 48%, and we know it's not good enough. In week 12, according to Yahoo anyway, I went over 500. I got eight of the 15 games picked correctly. I think one game, the Tennessee game, I think was still a pick on Wednesday when they closed the line. That's a clip of 53%. It's all right. Certainly wasn't good enough to win the week. Shout out to our week 12 winner, Show Me Them TDs, which is a great, great name. They went 11-4 and four against the spread last week, 11 of the 15 games correct. That is a clip of 73%, was good enough to win week 12. We also have a new overall leader, UGA Dog, clearly a Georgia Bulldogs fan. UGA Dog, now 89 correct against the spread picks out of the 176 games played. That's a clip of 51%. Everybody's struggling against the spread this season. Vegas making a ton of money, but UGA Dog, it's good enough to be our new overall leader. So shout out to Jason Kelsey, speechwriter, and show me them TDs for winning week 12, and to Teddy Ted for remaining, and UGA Dog for becoming the overall leaders in the pick'em pools. Let's take a quick peek into Fantasy Corner now to take a look at how my eight fantasy football teams did in week 12 action kind of broke even here was four and four this past week losses in my two most important leagues however picked up the loss in the professionals dynasty league to feed zeke feed zeke i believe now takes over first overall in that pool i'm now nine and three that broke a real long i think what nine game winning streak for me i got a week 13 matchup coming up against anthony cormier the highest scoring team in the league it's a projected loss for me right now but we'll have to see what happens in week 13 in the official nfl youtube prognosticators fantasy football league i also picked up a loss against rob jones that has me down to seven and five and i'm very much on the playoff bubble like it's, it's, it certainly is not locked in that I'm going to be making the playoffs in this league. And I got an unfavorable week 13 matchup coming up against Geo Knows Fantasy of Alvin Kamara fame. That's a projected loss for me as well. If I lose, I'm probably not making the playoffs in that league. I think after finishing third last year. So I've got a lot of work cut out for me here in week 13. And I'll take the opportunity, as always, to remind you that if you go to the description of the YouTube video or of the audio file on either iTunes or SoundCloud, you're going to find all of my results from Week 12, all my straight up against the spread and over under plays for Week 13 in the NFL. You're going to find information on joining the NFL YouTube Prognosticators or Bridgewater's Finest Pick'em Pools for Season 7 of my show. 
You are also going to find information on joining the NFL YouTube Prognosticators Facebook page where we talk football all damn week long. You're also going to find information on my great friends at Nerd Tees. Christmas isn't getting any farther away, kids. It is now or never. NerdTees.ca. Use that promo code. It's BWFINEST. You're going to save 15% at checkout. You're going to get free shipping in Canada on any order over $75. I've been saying 50 for about a month now, and I just wasn't keeping up with the times. That is, in fact, incorrect. It's $75 on an order. You're going to get yourself some free shipping within Canada. There's some Canada Post issues that is certainly contributing to that. But... Again, free shipping in Canada, any order over 75 bucks. If you're in the U.S., two clicks of a button, everything is in U.S. dollars. You get a great conversion rate. And today's blend is the delicious root beer blend that just takes you back to your childhood at A&W. Did nobody else spend their childhood at A&W? Obviously, that's a blend that's great either hot or cold. It, again, it's just a cup of tea that tastes like a cup of root beer. How can you go wrong? Nerdtease.ca. Promo code BWFINEST. Save yourself 15% at checkout with that promo code. Again, free shipping over 75 bucks. If you're in the U.S., bam, bam. Great conversion rate. Find yourself something to love or find someone you love something to love. You can do it on nerdtease.ca. Okay, folks, here we go. Obviously, like I said, quicker this week. We're going to try to keep this thing under an hour. Let's see how we do. Let's get into the picks for week 13. We're going to kick things off this week in Dallas, where the Cowboys are going to play host to the New Orleans Saints. Both of these teams coming into this game off of the long week, having both played and won on Thanksgiving. Cowboys winners of three straight to overtake and leapfrog the Washington Redskins in order to lead the NFC East at 6-5. and five. That division is going to be a dogfight from here on out. There's three teams there that are all within like a game of each other. So that division certainly nothing decided yet. But the Cowboys, three straight wins. It's put them right in the mix. In terms of a division that is not in doubt in the least, let's go to the NFC South, and that's the New Orleans Saints division. The Saints have won 10 consecutive football games to sit at 10-1 and after losing the season opener. That was that huge high-scoring game to Tampa Bay, I believe. It was like 48-40 to or something like that. So since that game, Saints have won 10 straight, lead the division at 10-1. and They're four games clear of the Carolina Panthers. That division essentially spoken for. Cowboys have found the vast majority of their success this season at home. They've won four of their five home games. Four of their six wins on the season have come on home field. But this does still feel very much like a one-dimensional offense. This is an offense that still does not move the ball very well through the air. Amari Cooper certainly had a coming-out game last week and has, has you know indicated that he has arrived. So that is certainly going to help that pass attack for Dallas. But this is still a team that is putting up over 130, actually well over 130 yards per game on the ground. We certainly know where the bread is buttered on the offensive side. But the Saints are right there with them. Dallas, the number six team in football running the ball. New Orleans, number seven. We're talking about two teams that each put up well over 130 yards on the ground. 
Where I give New Orleans the most significant edge in this game, obviously, is through the air. Drew Brees putting together an MVP-type season, maybe taking one last run at a Super Bowl before he calls it a career. I mean, I mean, look, it's not even you know, it's not even really comparable. The Saints' pass offense, obviously, so much better than Dallas's is. The give back to that is that Dallas's secondary has played significantly better than the Saints have this season by the tune of about 50 yards a game in terms of what they're allowing in terms of total pass offense. Dallas, one of the better teams, one of the better secondaries so far, statistically at least, in the NFL. They are just outside of the top 10 in that category. But where we're talking about the run game, a lot of this game going to be predicated on the run game. You're talking about Alvin Kamara. You're talking about Zeke Elliott. So two, obviously two of the best running backs in football. The Saints are the team that has played much better stopping the run this season. And that's not to take anything away from Dallas. Dallas the number four total run defense in football this season. But New Orleans is number one. Nobody's running on New Orleans this season, and the difference between the two is about 20 yards a game. So when you're talking about 20 extra yards to the Alvin Kamara side, might that be an extra touchdown? Could very well be. I've got to give the edge in this football game to the Saints. I think the Saints will be able to do more on the offensive side. I don't think Dallas has the firepower to keep up with them. So we're going to take New Orleans, even though the game is in Dallas. Let's take the Saints on the road to beat the Cowboys. On the line, Saints are favored by seven and a half points at in Dallas. Rather, uh, I initially kind of leaned a little bit towards Dallas on the side of the spread, but the Saints are nine and two against the spread this season. So not only are they winning, but they're covering. There's no money to be made betting against the Saints. So we are going to hammer New Orleans in this game and take New Orleans minus the seven and a half points. Total in the game, 52 and a half. This is right around where I capped this. Most of the public and most of the experts are leaning on the over. I think that's the way we'll go with this one as well. Let's go over 52 and a half points in New Orleans, Dallas. Let's go to Atlanta now where the Falcons are going to play host to the Baltimore Ravens. Falcons also coming into this game, the third team so far, coming into this game off of having played on Thanksgiving. Ravens have won back-to-back games with Lamar Jackson under center rather than Joe Flacco. It looks like they're going to stick with it, and I think Jackson looks to be getting his third consecutive start this week. This is going to be his first start on the road, and that is something that is, you know, significantly different. It's also going to be a big uptick in terms of competition. I'm not saying the Falcons' defense is incredible, but that's a team that can put up points. This is going to be head and shoulders the most difficult game of Lamar Jackson's young starting career. You know, obviously you didn't get a lot of resistance from Cincinnati's defense or Oakland's defense, certainly in terms of stopping a rushing dual threat quarterback. I think Atlanta's going to be able to do a better job of that. And it can't be overstated that after this week, Baltimore plays this game against Atlanta, and then they got to go to Kansas City and play the Chiefs. And you can't tell me that the Ravens aren't looking ahead. Baltimore obviously has been doing a great job this season of winning games with their defense, arguably. I think they might still be the best scoring defense in the NFL. They're stopping the run. They're stopping the pass. They might be the best total defense still in the NFL. In fact, I believe they are, oh yeah, quite by quite a bit actually, by about 10 yards a game. But the offense has to show up. The offense still has to do its job. You win games by scoring more points than the other guys. And you can't always expect that this Ravens defense is going to keep teams 
under 15 or under 20. What happens when you go up against an offense that is, you know, firing on all cylinders or firing on most cylinders at least what happens when you come up against a team that puts up 25 on you your offense has to be good enough to keep up with that I don't necessarily know that Baltimore's is you're talking about a rookie quarterback in his first road game doesn't have his typical starting running back doesn't look like if Alex Collins plays in this game he's probably going to be the third stringer I would think I wouldn't be surprised if you see a ton of reps this week for Ty Montgomery especially in the passing game where it looks like it's going to be I believe it's Gus Edwards Gus Edwards again at running back for the Ravens so I just don't like Baltimore in this spot I don't like them to go into a good team's building and look Atlanta's better than their record indicates to go into a good team's building who's had a long week to watch film and prepare for you. Now two full weeks of film on this young quarterback whose arm is questionable. Obviously his legs are not, but his arm is. I think I got to go Atlanta in this one. It's an upset. It, I, I consider it an upset. Vegas originally did, but now no longer does. I would still consider this an upset in terms of which team I actually think is the better team top to bottom, but I'm going to take Atlanta in this one. Let's take the Falcons at home on the long week to beat Baltimore. On the line, originally Atlanta was a point and a half dog, and had I actually done the episode on Tuesday like I usually do, that would have been the line, Atlanta plus a point and a half. It is now shifted to Atlanta as a one-point favorite, so that's about the smallest of margins you can have. We like Atlanta to win. It's one of the smallest prices to pay. Let's take that. Let's go Atlanta minus one total in the game 48 and a half points i have this capped more than a field goal above this so let's take over the 48 and a half points in baltimore atlanta let's go to cincinnati now where the bengals are going to play host to the denver broncos and man cincinnati can is there a team in football that's fallen apart harder than the cincinnati bengals And it's not just the record. I mean, look, they've lost three consecutive games. They've only won one of their last five. It's not just that, though. It's the defense that has completely imploded. And now the offense that just lost their starting quarterback, Andy Dalton, to injured reserve. So his season is finito. And the Cincinnati Bengals, even though they're not technically out of it in the wildcard race, are also finito. Obviously not a lot that I have to talk about in this game. Broncos, to their credit, they've won two straight games. They've won three of their last five. They're not the greatest road team. They're still under 500. But, I mean, the Bengals are only a 500 team at home. This will be their seventh home game. And, look, they don't have their starting quarterback. I don't think this game is going to be pretty. I think it's going to be over quick. And I like Denver to absolutely run over the Cincinnati Bengals. So we are going to take Denver on the road in Cincinnati to beat the Bengals. On the line, Broncos favored by five points on the road. Cincy a five-point dog. Not the worst place in the world to hedge if you wanted to. I'm not going to. The Bengals, despite you know being three and three at home, they're only two and four against the spread in their own building. It's under a touchdown. I think we take this. Let's take Denver minus the five points total in the game is 44 i've got it capped about a touchdown higher than this because that bengals defense is atrocious so let's take over 44 points in denver cincinnati let's go to detroit now lions are going to play host to one of the league powerhouses certainly on offense the la rams you got detroit coming in off the long week they played on thanksgiving didn't go well for them You got the Rams coming into the game off of their bye. So they are going to be very well rested. Two teams that should be relatively well rested. 
But you've also got the Lions coming into this game with a significant injury on the offensive side. Marvin Jones has moved to IR. He is done for the season. So behind Kenny Galladay, you really don't have that much in the receiving core. Now, this is good news for Kenny Galladay fantasy owners because he should draw 12 to 15 targets a game because who else are you going to throw to? But look, you're talking about a team that went from having, you know, Tate, Jones, Galladay at the beginning of the season to they traded Tate. Now they no longer have Jones. It's basically only Galladay and, you know, the island of misfit toys behind him. Throw on top of that, you've got Carrion Johnson, who has been dealing with an injury for the last couple of weeks. Matt Patricia likes to make the argument that he is a ground and pound coach. Well, I'm not sure how much of a ground and pound coach you're going to be able to be when your head and shoulders best running back has been, you know, banged up for multiple weeks now. I say all this to say Rams are probably going to win the game. You know, obviously there are question marks on that Rams defense. The scoring defense, not so bad, but you just watch them play and you're like, oh boy, if this team's going to be a Super Bowl contender, that, that defense is going to have to pick things up. But I figure on the defensive side, this will be a pretty darn good showing for them. I don't think Detroit's going to have much to muster. So we're going to take the Rams here on the road. This is my third road team in four, uh, in four games. We're going to take the Rams on the road in Detroit to beat the Lions. However, on the line, the Rams are 10-point favorites on the road in Detroit, and that's too many points for me. The Rams are only 3-5 and five against the spread as favorites of more than a touchdown. So despite how good the Rams have been, that is, you know, significantly well below 500. So, I mean, 3-5 and five as a favorite of more than a tutty. It's on the road. There's all kinds of things going against them here. I think the Lions at least keep the game close enough that they cover plus 10. Total in the game is 55 points. I think you have to go over on it. Again, Rams defense is not spectacular or has not been spectacular, certainly from a total defense perspective. I think Detroit will be able to score some points in this one. Rams are certainly going to score their points. Detroit's defense, not great, but a little bit better at home. We're going to take over the 55 here. I've got it capped about a field goal over than that. Over 55 points in LA Detroit. Let's go to Miami now, an all-AFC East matchup between the Dolphins playing host to the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo playing a decent football right now. I believe they won last week. Dolphins coming into this one with, you know, a bit of a minor injury concern. Kenyon Drake is a little bit beat up. He says he's going to play. Of course, players always say that they're going to play. But it's something to keep an eye on, especially if you're a Dolphins fan or a Dolphins better. Bills, after dropping at least three in a row, I believe it was, now on back-to-back -back wins, they're four and seven. The Buffalo Bills are not totally out of it here in terms of an AFC wildcard. They sit at four and seven, and right now the AFC wildcard teams sit at, well, you know, you got the Chargers at eight and three, but now they're only a game behind the Chiefs in terms of the division, but eight and three and what, six and five. Six and five is the other wild card spot. You got the Bills at four and seven. You're not totally out of this thing yet, especially if you're starting to peak having won two straight games. Dolphins, you can say the same thing. They're not out of it here in terms of the wild card. They're at five and six, but they lost two straight games. They were certainly better fit a couple weeks ago in terms of the wild card. This is a battle of two teams that give up significantly more points than they actually score. The Bills, one of the worst offenses in football, if not, you know, the I believe the worst in the AFC. 
This strikes me as one of those football games that's going to come down to defense. And in those terms, I think there's one team that can play it and one team that, you know, not quite. And the one team that can play it, I think, is the Buffalo Bills. They're the number two total defense in football right now. Their secondary is deadly. It is really difficult to move the ball through the air against the Buffalo Bills. Now, you can run on them, and this is a battle of two defenses that you absolutely can run the football on. Miami, the fourth worst run defense in football this season. Buffalo kind of middle of the pack, but both of them giving up well over 100 yards a game. Should be a good night here for the running backs on both sides, but where you got one team that's got a bit of an injury concern at that position. I like the Buffalo Bills here again. Road Warriors, man. I've been taking Road Warriors all damn season. Straight up, it's worked out relatively well, but I like the Bills here. I think the Bills are the better football team. I think they keep on rolling to their third straight win. I like Buffalo on the road in Miami to beat the Dolphins. And according to Vegas, this is a significant upset. On the line, the Dolphins are favored by five points at home, which seems like way too much to me, especially in what will likely be at least a relatively low-scoring football game. This is one of those situations where I think you hedge either or. Even if you like Miami to win this game, Buffalo plus five to me is the smart play. I like Buffalo to win, so that's obviously where I'm going with this. But I think even if you like Miami, this is going to be like a field goal at the end of the game one, two, three point game, something like that. I say you hedge your bets, go Buffalo plus five either or, but I like the Bills to win outright. Total in the game is only 40, and I believe that is the lowest total that we will look at this week. I still like it to go over because, man, 40 points is really not that much. There are points to be had in this football game, especially on the ground. So I think we're going to go over on this one. Let's go over 40 points in Buffalo, Miami. Let's go to New York now for the trappiest trap game of the week, in my opinion. The New York Giants at home playing host to the Chicago Bears. Bears coming into this one on the long week. Of course, they played on Thanksgiving. They played Thursday night. They beat Detroit. This is back-to-back -back road games, and this is part of why this is such. this feels like such a trap game to me. Now, luckily... Bears are a little bit above average on the road. They're 3-2 and two. so far. They've been playing very well against NFC opponents at 6-1. and one. Giants only 1-4 and four on their home field, but they have won a game. They lost last week after winning the week before. They're only 3-8. and eight. Not dead in the water, but, you know, they've got to, you know, they certainly have to run the table here to have any shot at even uh, uh, sniffing the last wildcard spot. Look, the Bears have won five straight games they're an incredible football team. They're playing really good football right now. And basically everything statistically leans towards the Chicago Bears winning this game. You still have the question mark at quarterback. We still don't know if Mitch Trubisky is going to play this week. A sentiment that was in fact echoed by Coach Matt Nagy this morning, or I, yeah, I believe it was this morning, was on uh, the Rap Sheet podcast, Rap Sheet and Friends. And uh, he said, I don't know if Trubisky's going to play this week or not. So he didn't play last week. They got the win behind, whoa, who was it? Chase Daniel, I believe it was. But look, I, this I, this just strikes me as, I don't know. It just, it just again, the second half of back-to-backs, very difficult to win back-to-back -back road games. 
Could be a look-ahead scenario because, look, week 14, you got to play the Rams. Week 15, you got to play the Packers. So you could have a Bears situation here where they are looking ahead. They feel relatively comfortable in the division. It's not a must-win game for them. I just feel like the Giants might come up and surprise them here. So this is the way that I'm going to play this. I am going to take the Bears to win the game. Because everything leans towards the Bears winning the game. So straight up, we'll take Chicago to beat the New York Giants. It's not a strong straight up play. I'm going to take them to win, but I am going to hedge my bets and take the Giants plus four and a half against the spread because there's a, you know, a real, I feel a real significant possibility that the Giants could jump up and win this game outright. It's a relatively bad hedge because four and a half points doesn't leave you a lot of room if the Giants do lose, especially with a defense that's not particularly great, but I'm going to hedge. This is the way I'm playing it. If I'm wrong, feel free to tell me I'm wrong in the comments. We're going to take the Giants plus four and a half against the spread at home against Chicago. Total in the game, 45 points. I've got a cap to field goal higher than this. So let's go over the 45 points in Chicago, New York. Let's go to Tampa Bay now where the Bucks are going to play host to the Carolina Panthers in an all NFC South matchup. Panthers, after looking great at 6-2, have dropped three consecutive games, now sit at 6-5, still kind of in a driver's seat position in terms of a wild card, but I mean, they got some company. They got the Vikes are there 6-4-1, the Seahawks are now at 6-5, you got the Skins and Cowboys who are both at 6-5, one of them's going to probably win that division, one of them's going to be right there for a wild card. Things are getting a little hot under the collar for Carolina. Meanwhile, Bucks won last week. They're at four and seven. They're right there with the Atlanta Falcons in terms of the record. And look, Jameis Winston has kind of been proving me wrong. He's kind of been playing all right since he took back over the starting job. My initial lean here, not going to lie, was the Carolina Panthers. But of course, my lean last week was Carolina because they were unbeaten at home. Carolina no longer unbeaten at home. And when you put this team on the road... They're not doing very well. This is a one and four road team are the Carolina Panthers. Now look, Tampa Bay, they're only three and two at home, but that's three of their four wins on the season have come on their home field. These are two teams that can score a lot of points. They give up a lot of points. This is going to be a track meet. It could be whoever possesses the ball last wins. I kind of feel Tampa Bay in the upset here. I think these are two very similar teams. I think Carolina is the better football team top to bottom. They have the bigger stars, I would say. But I kind of like Tampa with the home field advantage here for something of an upset. So I think I'm actually going to go that way. I'm going to take the Bucks at home to beat the Panthers. And again, that's kind of going against my initial lean here, but whatever. On the line, Bucks are three and a half point dogs at home. I like them to win. So let's take Tampa Bay plus the three and a half points. Total in the game, 55 and a half points. This is right around where I capped this. I capped it at 55, but the two teams are 15 and seven over under this season. They, I think that is head and shoulders actually the best uh, over record of any two teams that are playing this week. So let's lean that way. Let's go over 55 and a half points in Carolina, Tampa Bay. 
Let's go to Jacksonville now for another division matchup. Jags playing host to the Indianapolis Colts. Now, Colts, a little bit of injury news here. Jack Doyle has been moved on IR. His season is done. I only call that a minor injury because Eric Ebron has been playing so well offensively for the Colts. The give back there is Ebron doesn't block, like at all. Jack Doyle is one of the better blocking tight ends in the league. So the Colts are really going to have to amp up their protection schemes for Andrew Luck because you can't get this far into a season and have done this well, certainly lately, just to give it all up by losing the ability to protect your quarterback. Jags, you could articulate them as a bit of a dumpster fire right now because they are, uh, look, there's, I mean, there's issues all over this team. Leonard Fournette has been suspended for week 13. The suspension was upheld on appeal. He will not play this week. They've also, of course, made the change at quarterback. Cody Kessler will be starting the game against the Colts this week. Boy, um, this is going to be a tough one. Now, the one thing that does benefit the Jags is they are at home and they have won two of their three games at home this season. Obviously, this is not a good road team whatsoever. The Colts have won twice on the road, but they are under 500 on the road. Not a particularly strong road team, but the Colts certainly have a lot to play for here. They're at six and five. They are right in the thick of things for a wildcard position in the AFC and having won five straight games after starting the season one and five. I mean, you can't give that up now. Like you've come this far. Andrew Luck has played this well. This is a game that if you are the Colts, you cannot afford to lose. If you lose this game to Jacksonville, and go to six and six, you're probably kissing a wild card spot goodbye. I know it's really early to say that, but if you're just going to tread water, you're probably not going to get a wild card. So this is a must win game as far as I can tell for the Indianapolis Colts. And that's the way that we're going to go with this one with all of the issues on the other side of the field. Let's take Indianapolis here on the road in Jacksonville to hang a loss on division rival Jags. On the line, Jags are four-point dogs at home. Indy favored by four. I'm actually going to take Indy by four. Four is not a ton of points. And the Jags have only covered against the spread at home once this season. So we're going to grab Indy minus four. Uh, total in the game is 47 and a half points. The two teams are exactly 11 and 11 on the over-under this season. So no real lean one way or the other based on results. Most people seem to be leaning on the under in this one. And with so many offensive question marks for Jacksonville. I think that's the way I got to lean with this one too. Let's go under 47 and a half points for Jacksonville, Indianapolis. Let's go to Tennessee now where the Titans are going to play host to the New York Jets. Titans coming into this one off the short week, having lost to the Houston Texans on Monday night football two nights ago. Luckily for the Titans, not only do they get to come home where they've won three of their four home games this season, this will only be their fifth home game, so there's still a ton of home games left to go, which is good news for Tennessee as they push towards a wild card. But they get a New York Jets team that's only won one of their five road games so far this season. They're not playing well against the rest of the AFC. They're only 2-6. Two and six. They're 2-2 two and two against teams outside their own division, but still, they've only beaten two AFC teams all year. 
Good spot here as far as I'm concerned for the Titans. The Jets' defense is nothing really special to write home about. They've given up over 280 points so far this season. This should be a nice reprieve for a Titans offense that could certainly use one as their offense has really struggled all season. They have lost two games in a row, have Tennessee, but this is the very definition of a bounce-back matchup. So let's take Tennessee at home to beat the Jets. On the line, Tennessee favored by 7.5 points. I think that's too many for a team whose offense is struggling as much as Tennessee's is right now. Granted, Jets' defense not great, so maybe I'm, you know, geez, maybe I shouldn't take this, but I think I'm going to. That just smells like too many points. So let's take the Jets plus 7.5. Total in the game is 40.5 points, so just a half point higher than Buffalo and Miami. This is right around where I capped this. The two teams are combined 10 and 12 over under this season, so it might be a sl- the slightest of leans towards and under, but most people seem pretty heavy on the over here, and it's a very small number. Let's go over 40.5 points in Tennessee, New York. Let's go to New England now for one of the marquee matchups of the week. Patriots playing host to the Minnesota Vikings. Vikings, some injury news here. Xavier Rhodes, who appeared to have a hamstring injury late in that game last week against the Packers. The coach, Coach Zimmer, saying that it's nothing. Certain uh, television-watching doctors are saying uh, it looked like his hamstring snapped. So, uh... That is not nothing, and it'll be real interesting to see what the injury reports start reading later on in the week. I mean, if this is a significant thing, Xavier Rhodes is, I think, too important to your team to throw out there this week. Uh, Look, it's not a great spot for them anyway, having to be on the road in New England. I know it would suck to go in without your top corner, and you know, I think they just put uh, Andrew uh, Sendejo on IR, but I mean, he hasn't played since week five. It's definitely some issues in the secondary there for Minnesota. But if this is a significant thing, don't run Xavier Rhodes out there this week. I realize the Vikings do at the same time want to build on their momentum from their win last week, the division win last week. And look, they're, I mean, they're only a game and a half behind Chicago right now. I mean, Chicago's at 8-3, and three, Minnesota's at 6-4-1. and one. So look, the division is not out of reach here for the Vikings, but you've also got to play it smart because, look, you're playing to get into the playoffs. Getting into the playoffs is the important thing. It doesn't particularly matter where you get in. We've seen number six seeds go a long way in the playoffs. So... I just feel like Minnesota should play this one smart, keep Xavier Rhodes out this week, let him rehab, let him get back to 100% if it's not a significant injury, and roll him out for the remainder of the season rather than a game where you're going into Gillette Stadium where New England has not lost yet this season with the expectation that, oh, maybe we might beat the Patriots. Like, no, you're probably not going to beat the Patriots even if Rhodes did play and wasn't 100%, but certainly not if you got Rhodes at, you know, 60 or 70% trying to keep up with those crossing routes and those deep routes with the Patriots. So I will take a breath and say New England wins the football game. I'm taking the Patriots at home, obviously. No money to be made by betting against the Patriots. Let's take them at home to beat the Vikings. On the line, Patriots only favored by five points at home. You get the Patriots at home under a touchdown. Don't even think about it too much. Take it. Patriots are 4-1 and one against the spread at home this season as well. So let's take New England minus the five points. 
Total in the game, 48 and a half. I have this capped slightly higher than this, right around 50, 51, 52. I think the game goes over. So let's go over 48 and a half points in New England, Minnesota. Let's go to Pittsburgh now. Pivotal AFC matchup. The Steelers at home playing host to the LA Chargers and obviously significant injury news for the LA Chargers. Melvin Gordon, uh, what was it? It was a grade two MCL sprain. He's going to be out multiple weeks. It is Austin Eckler time for the Chargers. Hopefully you got him in your fantasy leagues. He's going to be a monster these next couple of weeks. At the same time, that does significantly affect the Chargers offense because Eckler's a running back, but he's he's a scat back. He doesn't run the ball nearly as well as Melvin Gordon does. So that is definitely a downtick in terms of their run offense. Chargers also appear in line to give more work and more carries to Justin Jackson. I think Justin Jackson will be the one that's more likely to slide into that Melvin Gordon role just because Austin Eckler already has his place within this offense even when Melvin Gordon's 100%. I think you're just going to see an uptick in what his place in the offense is. All told, not the greatest situation for the Chargers. Now, Steelers lost last week. It was the tail end of a back-to-back on the road. They had played in Jacksonville. They beat Jacksonville. They went to Denver and they lost. Like, look, it's it's difficult to win games in Denver. It's a difficult atmosphere to win football games. So I'm not going to hold it too much against them that they lost that game in Denver. I thought they would win, but clearly everybody else knew what they were talking about. Now they get to come home, play a Chargers team that, you know, did take a hit on offense this is a matchup of two pretty darn good defenses like low-key kind of underrated defenses chargers are giving up fewer points on average on the season by you know a couple points a game the secondaries they're both really good both allowing under 230 yards passing the run defenses might leave a little bit to be desired they're both over 100 yards allowed per game but they're certainly not you know completely falling apart I like what I've seen from the Chargers defense since Joey Bosa returned. Joey Bosa is just, he's a presence on the defensive side. He's a player that offenses will play away from. And that certainly helps. Both of these teams have won four of their last five games. I don't think the Steelers are particularly desperate. And the only reason that I say that is like, look, yeah, they're only a game and a half ahead of Baltimore in terms of the division. But again, you got Baltimore with the quarterback issues and the running back issues. Certainly no issue with the defense, but the quarterback and the running back issues. I think Pittsburgh has to feel pretty comfortable with where they're at right now in terms of their prospects for winning the AFC North. On the other side, you got the Chargers who, look, there might only be a game behind, but they got to chase down Kansas City. You're also looking at a Chargers team that's won four of their five games on the road. This is a well-traveling team. So having to just go to Pittsburgh, it, it it's something that they, I believe, will be able to handle as well or better than any other team in the AFC. I kind of like the upset in this one. I'm kind of, I think I smell it. I think I'm going to take it. I think I'm going to take the desperate team that knows they have to win. Let's take the Chargers on the road in Pittsburgh to upset the Steelers. Against the spread, Pittsburgh only a three and a half point favorite at home. We like the Chargers to win, so let's take LA plus the three and a half points. Total in the game, 51 and a half. It's a little bit under 
or that's a little bit over rather where I personally capped it. I capped it at a high 40, but the two teams are 12 and 10 over under and most people are really leaning heavy on the over in this one. I, I let's see some points in this one. Let's go over 51 and a half points in LA Pittsburgh and the final game we're going to look at before we get into the platinum, gold, silver and bronze picks for week 13 sees the Philadelphia Eagles at home playing host to the Washington Redskins all NFC East matchup. Skins coming into this game off of the long week having played on Thanksgiving against Dallas. It is their second consecutive game within the division, but it is their second consecutive road game within the division. And I remember this happening last year. I feel like it was like Baltimore in Cincinnati, maybe something like that. And everything leaned towards Baltimore winning the game. But it was back-to-back road games within the division. Baltimore wound up losing that game. That's not a trend. That's only a one-off. But it's something that I watch out for. And when two teams like Philly and Washington, statistically, record-wise, are so evenly matched, that could very well wind up being the tipping point. Even though the Skins have the long week, having played on Thursday extra time to prepare for a division opponent that they know very well. I like Philly in this one just because, again, of that back-to-back road games within the division. I'm going to take the Eagles here. I'm going to take Philly at home to beat the Skins. On the line here, Philly's favored by six points at home. That's, That's too many points for me. That's in a division matchup that I think is going to be incredibly tight. Neither offense is really lighting the world on fire right now. Certainly Philly's defense feels like it's collapsed with all of these injuries, but Washington's offense is not an offense that I think is going to test them a ton. So I just think six points here is too many. This would be one of those hedge either or situations like with Buffalo and Miami. No matter who you think is going to win, I think you take the points. So we're going to go Washington plus six. Total in the game is 44. That's a pretty darn good total. Man, I don't don't want to have to sit here and sweat out this thing staying under. So let's go over on it. I don't think it flies over one way or the other. But let's go over 44 points in Washington, Philly. I could easily see both of these teams getting to 20. All right, platinum, gold, silver, and bronze picks for week 13 in the NFL. We start at the bottom, as always, with the bronze pick, where I'm 8-4 straight up, 6-5-1 against the spread, and only 4-8 on the over-under. My bronze pick this week sees the Seattle Seahawks at home playing host to the 49ers in an NFC West matchup. Again, Seahawks, by virtue of winning their last two games, right in the thick of the NFC wildcard race. They're playing a 2-9 football team that has not won a game within the division yet. This is a game that Seattle 1,000% cannot afford to lose. And the Seahawks aren't particularly used to losing to the 49ers. San Francisco has not beaten Seattle since 2013, and you got to go back to 2011 to find the last time that the Niners beat Seattle in Seattle. Not too much to think about in this one. I think the Seahawks roll in this matchup. Let's take Seattle at home to beat the 49ers. On the line, Seattle favored by 10 points. 10 points at home feels like a lot, but look, San Fran also, you know, again, like I said, two and nine record this season. They're also only three and eight against the spread. So there's not a lot of money to be made by betting on the 49ers against the spread. Let's take Seattle minus 10. Obviously, of course, the first time I bet on Nick Mullins, which I believe was last week, uh, he 
has a terrible performance. They only scored nine points against Tampa Bay. So what are they going to put up against Seattle? Let's take Seattle minus the 10 points. Total in the game is 46. Two teams are 11 and 11. The public and the experts appear to be split on this one. I'm going to stick under on it because I think Seattle's defense can be dominant in this game. Don't know what we're going to get from San Francisco at the quarterback position. So let's go under 46. Seattle wins straight up. We're going to hammer Seattle minus 10 against the spread. Under 46 points. That is your bronze pick. My silver pick where I'm 9-3 straight up, 6-6 six six against the spread, and also only 4-8 on the totals. Sees the Green Bay Packers playing host to the Arizona Cardinals, and I don't think I need to say too much about this one. Cardinals also on back-to-back road games, which certainly does them no favors. Aaron Rodgers talked about, look, look, this is our path to getting into the playoffs, and basically the path was to win out, and it's got to start this week. I mean, you almost can't have a better home matchup than this. Let's take Green Bay at home to clobber Arizona. Well, I shouldn't say clobber. Green Bay favored by two full touchdowns against the spread, full 14 points. That's too many points for me, even though it is against Arizona. And part of the reason that I say that is the last couple of weeks... I've noticed that Green Bay is having a much more difficult time protecting Aaron Rodgers. Now, a lot of that is due to the injury to David Bakhtiari, but Rodgers is holding on to the ball too long. And I say this as a Packers fan. He's holding on to the ball too long because his receivers are not doing a great job of getting open. And you look at the Arizona Cardinals for everything that you can say about the Cardinals. They're the number two team in the NFL right now in terms of sacking the quarterback. So I do think that their pass rush is going to be able to, you know, limit Green Bay in terms of the offensive side. I still think Green Bay wins the thing by two possessions. I just don't have them covering 14 points. So that's too many points for me. We're going to go Arizona plus the 14. The Cardinals have covered a number similar to this earlier this season. Total in the game is 44 and a half points. I think I have to stay under on it because I don't, first of all, I don't think Green Bay benefits anything by absolutely blowing these guys out. They realize that this is, you know, a five game stretch. They got to win all of these games. So we're going to stick under on this one. We're going to go under the 44 and a half. Packers straight up. We're going to take Arizona plus 14 against the spread in a game that stays under 44 and a half points. That is the silver pick. My gold pick where I'm 10-2 straight up, 6-6 six and six against the spread, and 6-6 six and six on the total, sees the Oakland Raiders at home playing host to the Kansas City Chiefs. Chiefs coming in off their bye. Raiders, bit of an injury concern here with Derek Carr. Now look, they've done a terrible job of protecting Derek Carr all season. He's been getting beat up from pillar to post all year. At the end of that game last week, he looked like he had his hand taped. He was limping off the field. How much longer before Derek Carr completely just explodes and falls apart? So even against a pretty mediocre defense in Kansas City, I'll be interested to see how Oakland is going to be able to move the football. I think Kansas City in a walk in this football game. I think Kansas City hits 40 on the scoreboard this week. Let's take the Chiefs on the road in Oakland to beat the Raiders. Against the spread, Raiders 15-point dogs at home. Kansas City obviously favored by the 15 points, and I think I'm actually going to lay those points. Chiefs are 7-2-1 against the spread in their last 10. So again, not only are they winning, but they're covering their lines as well. 7-2-1 in the last 10 is enough of a trend for me to latch onto it. I don't think Oakland puts up much of any resistance in this one. Let's take Kansas City 
minus the 15 points. Total in the game set at 55 and a half. I have this capped like a touchdown higher than this because again, I got KC getting to 40 points at least. So we're going to take over the 55 and a half point total. Kansas City wins straight up. We're going to hammer the Chiefs minus 15 against the spread in a game that goes over 55 and a half points. That is your gold pick. And the platinum pick where I am 10 and 2 straight up, only 5 and 7 against the spread, and 5, 6, and 1 on the totals sees the Houston Texans at home playing host to the Cleveland Browns. And part of the reason that I'm taking this, even considering that Houston is on the quote unquote short week, having played on Monday night against Tennessee, Cleveland's on back to back roadies. And Cleveland as a team, for the good things that you can say about them, still have not figured out how to win consistently on the road. They won last week in Cincinnati. I don't see them winning back-to-back road games. They're just not that team yet. So we're heavily playing the trends in this one, but uh, we're going to lean on the team that's won eight straight games and is four and one on their own home field. Let's take Houston at home to beat Cleveland. On the line, Houston's favored by six. It's under a tutty. I think you take that. Let's take Houston minus the six points. Total in the game set at 48. I've got this capped more than a field goal lower than this. So we're going to go under the 48 points. Houston wins straight up. We're going to hammer Houston minus six against the spread in a game that stays under 48 points. That is your platinum pick. Oh boy, we are going to be cutting it close to the one hour mark on this one. It is now time for the patented comment of the week. The comment of the week from the week 12 episode goes to the blind Canadian cat who has been featured on the show more than once. He had a comment that actually winds up applying to both of us because it was about the Vikings Packers game. I obviously was on the Packers and that did not work out. But the blind Canadian cat's comment was Vikings should win. They are the better team, but Kirk freaking Cousins will more than likely trash that game for them. I almost want to pick Green Bay because of Cousins. Who decided he was worth the money? Hell, I'd trust Colt McCoy more than Cousins, and dude hasn't played in a football millennium. Eh, what do I know? Apparently neither of us know anything, um, BCC, just because uh, I thought Packers were going to win that game. They didn't do it. You thought Cousins was going to shit the bed. He had one of his better games this season, arguably his best game of the season. So clearly neither of us know anything. But I do know one thing. I do know that yours was the comment of the week from the Week 12 episode. All right, folks, there we go. Week 13 picks are in the books. Fingers crossed. It's a lucky week 13, both for me and for you. I hope you enjoyed your Thanksgiving holiday. I hope you're still stuffed to the brim with turkey. That's it for me, Justin, Bridgewater's Finest on YouTube, Blockbuster underscore guy on Twitter, fueled as always by the great folks at Nerd Tees. Let's see if I can't edit this bad boy down to an hour. That's it. We will see you again in week 14 as the fantasy football playoffs will get underway. 